Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of It's Crime Time. I'm covering a case that is a lot different from what I usually cover on here, but I see so much about this case, and I was following it, so I wanted to cover it for those that either haven't heard of it or kind of want more information about it all in one place. And I'm talking about the case of Carly Russell. All right, everyone, it's crime time. Carlethea Nicole Russell, or simply Carly Russell, was born on July 22, 1998, to parents Talitha Robinson Russell and Carlos Russell. She graduated from Spain Park High School and attended Auburn University of Montgomery, where she completed a Bachelor of Psychology. At the time of this case, she was attending the University of Alabama to study nursing. Carly was living in Hoover, Alabama, which is a suburb of Birmingham, and from sources I could gather, she lived with her parents. On July 13th of 2023, Carly was driving on Interstate 459 when she stopped her car to check on a child she saw walking along the side of the interstate in Hoover. She called 911 around 9.34 p.m. to report this sighting. She also called family members to report to them what she had seen along the interstate, but her family later lost contact with her, they say. The line remained opened, however. So I would assume this just means that whenever they attempted to call her number, it did not go straight to voicemail. It rang, but she had not picked up the phone. Police arrived on the scene where they located Carly's car and some of her belongings, including her phone. But Carly was not in the area, nor was the mysterious child she claims to have seen walking. So neither one of them were in the area except for her vehicle when police arrived. Carly was then reported missing and a search was launched into her disappearance in an attempt to locate her and figure out what happened with this child. Helicopters, drones, and many volunteers were utilized in this search. A reward of $25,000 was offered for any information that led to her whereabouts. Police had still not received any tips or other calls regarding the mysterious walking child, however. The Friday after her disappearance, which would have been the day after her disappearance since she um, disappeared on a Thursday, saw family and volunteers gathering at the Hoover Met to search for her. And the interesting part about this is obviously that a lot of other families who had um, children who were victims of kidnappings and whose children didn't come back were there helping to find Carly because they didn't want, you know, um, what happened to their children or their family members to happen to Carly. They wanted Carly to be found alive. So they really poured a lot of effort into this search. Carly Russell's father, Carlos, stated, quote, we're just going to scour the earth. There's no stopping us, end quote. There had been a report from a truck driver who reported that he had spotted Carly's car with the door open and a gray vehicle pulled in front of it along the highway. The Russells believed that this toddler that was walking was used as bait to lure Carly out of her car so she could be kidnapped. When Carly called 911, she reported a male toddler walking down the interstate wearing a white t-shirt and just a diaper. There was a steady stream of traffic at the time of the incident from some reports I've gathered uh, from Carly's number one call. However, she says there was no traffic in the area. She was the only one there that witnessed the child. No other calls were made regarding this toddler walking interstate, however. During the time before Carly was kidnapped, she was on her way home from her job at 
the Woodhouse Day Spa in the Summit. Before she went and actually left the area, she stopped to get food at the Colonnade and was about 10 minutes from her house, according to her parents. Officials noted that after leaving Colonnade, Carly made a stop at the Target on Highway 280 and purchased some snack food items, but these items were not located inside of her car or anywhere near her car when her car was found. Police could not locate anyone with Carly from the time she left the spa and Target where she had picked up the food to the time she actually made the 911 call. They also held a vigil one of the days for people to come out and kind of pray for Carly and just pay their respects and hope that the search kind of brought her back, you know, alive, brought her back safe. And of course, everyone was invited to this vigil, whoever wanted to attend. On Saturday night, July 15th, after 49 hours of being missing, Carly returned to her parents' home on foot at 10.44 p.m. Police later revealed that surveillance footage that was taken from her neighborhood showed Carly walking down the sidewalk alone before arriving home on Saturday night. There was an initial report that Carly was unresponsive either when she was found or she became unresponsive in the back of the ambulance when being transported, but this has been proven to be untrue. She was conscious and speaking when being transported to UAB. Police responded to the scene to investigate and Hoover fire medics responded to assess the scene and transport Carly to the hospital for some evaluation. Police obtained a statement from Carly and her parents at her home and at the hospital. These details aren't exactly released, but we can gather from articles released in her statements about what she claims happened during the 911 call. Carly's mom stated that the family was overwhelmed at the time and that Carly just needed medical attention. Talitha Russell, who was Carly's mother, had an exclusive interview with Today in which she stated, quote, we tried to hug her as best as we could, but I had to stand back because she was not in a good state. So I had to stand back and let medical professionals work with her, end quote. Carly's parents stated at the time that they cannot speak to anything about the case itself. They were asked questions during their interview about the case itself and what exactly, I guess, Carly had um, explained to them and what she'd went through and the time that she was missing. And they essentially told interviewers that they couldn't speak on the case because it was still ongoing, but they genuinely, genuinely believed that there was an abductor out there and police, of course, continued the search for the abductor because when something like this happens, obviously they want to find out who did it because the public is you know, terrified. The public was terrified that somebody was actually using a child to bait kidnapping victims because, I mean, most people when they're driving along the highway and they see this a toddler, you know, walking in a diaper, they're going to, they're gonna go up to the kid. They're gonna try to rescue the kid and see how the kid's doing and why, why that kid would be dropped off there. So the public was scared that somebody was using their child to do this, to scare people into getting out of their vehicles, checking on the kid, and then of course, kidnapping them. So police obviously continued the search. They really wanted to find out who did the kidnapping and everything so that it wouldn't happen again. And of course, to administer proper justice. So Carly's mother, Talitha, also stated that she was shocked at the amount of people who maliciously lied to them when making phone calls and reports about Carly's whereabouts. She stated that she didn't know people could be so evil. So I'm unsure exactly what she's referring to in this case, uh, this part of the interview, but I would assume it's that they received all kinds of false reports saying they saw Carly or things of that nature, or they reported um, where she was, but 
you know, after you figure out what exactly happened in this case, you kind of wonder if those reports were not false. Upon being asked about their reactions to when Carly first arrived home, Talitha stated, quote, to me, I mean, just so much joy. We tried to hug as best as we could, but I had to stand back because she was not in a good state. So we had to stand back and let medical professionals work with her, end quote. And that's the um, quote that I had talked about earlier. So when she was asked that again in the interview, um, her reaction, the, the reaction to her coming home was obviously a reaction of joy. And I mean, I, I couldn't imagine, you know, your, your kid's missing for 49 hours and they just magically appear in your yard unharmed. And so, yeah, they were extremely excited. They wanted to hug her. They wanted to just, you know, attack her with love. But of course they couldn't. They had to stand back. They had to let the medical professionals do their thing. And then they had to um, have her transported to the hospital where I think police did also talk to her again. Carly told detectives that she had been kidnapped by a man who emerged from the trees near her car when she got out to check on the child. She said the man had orange hair with a bald spot and when she went to check on this child, this man just kind of showed up. He was mumbling something or talking about the child and then she snatched or he snatched her up. She screamed and he forced her over a fence and into another car and she said after this, she remembers waking up and she was being like she was put in the trailer of an 18 wheeler she heard the voice of an adult female and the sound of a baby crying she managed to later escape the 18 wheeler this trailer and flee on foot but was captured again and blindfolded her hands were not tied because she claims that her captors didn't want to do this because they didn't want to let marks on her wrists she was taken to a house and forced to get undressed, and she believes her captors took photos of her, but she did not remember any physical or sexual contact with her captors. When she woke up the next day, she was being fed cheese and crackers by her female captor, who also was sitting there, I guess, playing with her hair and, and feeding her crackers. Very weird. She was then put in a vehicle again, and this is where she made her second escape. And this time she ran through the woods where she emerged near her home. When Carly was found, she had a rip in her shirt and a small lip injury and $107 stuffed in her sock. So I think a lot of people were very skeptical of her story when she came out about what happened. I was kind of skeptical about her story because how would she escape from a trailer of an 18-wheeler while it was like driving? I'm not sure. Um, and usually, obviously... You can't get out of a trailer if it's if it's closed. You can't escape it from the inside. I mean, I'm not sure. My husband's a drug driver, and I would assume he would tell you basically the same thing, that once you prep your trailer and everything and have your load in it, it's the doors aren't opening if they're properly shut. So that's odd to me. And then they somehow captured her again, and... The whole part about the lady feeding her crackers and playing with her hair is totally weird. And I know a lot of kidnapping stories that are real stories are weird, but I mean, that was just weird, <laughs> beyond weird. So on July 19th at 2.30 p.m., Hoover police held a news conference and revealed some of Carly's search history that they found on her phone before she disappeared. And well, this whole news conference had everyone knowing like basically 
there's something fishy about this case. She's lying. And I decided during that time, since I was following the case, to look at Corley's Instagram just to kind of get a feel for what type of person she seemed to be, what kind of content she posted and things of that nature. And not to bash anyone, but she, you can tell by her Instagram that she craved attention. And if you just read all the comments on her photos at this time period, right after this conference, people were just blowing her photos up with thousands of comments saying she's a liar and just, you know, a fake. And there's just terrible things being said about her on there. And I mean, I under, you know, the public is outraged by that because they knew there was something going on. I mean, they knew that she had planned this ahead of time and the public doesn't take too kindly to that. I mean, especially all of those people that came to help and all of those people that had come to help that had real family members that were, you know, victims of real crimes, real kidnappings. And these victims never came home. You know, they never made it home or, you know, they're either still missing or they were found deceased. So I can definitely understand. Um, I was angry myself when I heard this press conference because they talked about her searches. So they found her phone in her car when they found her car on the side of the road. And some searches that were made were you have to pay for an Amber Alert or a search, how to take money from a register without being caught, Birmingham bus station, one-way bus ticket from Birmingham to Nashville. She also looked up the movie Taken. She looked up information about Amber Alerts. This information had been found on her work computer and other searches police say reveal her mindset, but they haven't released all of the searches. So during this news conference, police also played her 911 call about the child who was wandering the interstate. And I will just play that here. I was gonna post it um, earlier on in this episode, but I felt that this was probably the best place. So they did play this, her 911 call. 911, where's your emergency? Hi, I am on Interstate 
No, no cars are anywhere. Okay. All right. What's your name? My name is Carly Russell. And you don't see any injuries on my child from where you're at, correct? No, no, but I can't really see them that good. Okay, try to keep an eye on them for the best we can because I don't want you to lose track of them. Um, okay. All right, and do they have shoes on? No. Are she Not that I can see. I can't really see that one. Okay. All right, I've got them on the way, okay? Just try to stay, keep an eye on them, but the officers are on the way, okay? Okay, thank you. Okay, Police requested to talk to Carly again, but they were denied by her. And in the news conference, they stated that they are ready to talk to her when she was ready. Police found surveillance footage showing her concealing a bathrobe and some toilet paper when she was leaving her job at the spa, which is interesting to me. Like, those are interesting items to steal, and they were not found in her car when she went missing. Data from her 911 call tracked her driving 600 yards while she said she was following the toddler along the interstate, which obviously was also fishy because 600 yards is the length of six football fields. And her call only lasted about two minutes and 47 seconds, which that's a very, you know, very, very fast walking toddler. You know, that's, that's not even possible. On July 24th, police read a statement from Carly's lawyer, and I will play that for you very quickly here. It's just a lot easier to play this statement exactly from the detective then have me read the whole entire thing out. So we'll play that quick. Good afternoon. Thanks to everyone for attending again today. I want to thank the members of our department and all of law enforcement who played a role in the investigation of this case. Last Wednesday, July 19th, we held a press conference and provided you with the facts of the Carly Russell disappearance. We told you the investigation was ongoing we helped you determine where Carly was in the 49 hours of her disappearance. Today, I have talked to and received a statement from Mr. Emery Anthony, attorney for Carly Russell. Mr. Anthony has scheduled a meeting for Carly to meet with investigators early this afternoon, but then I received an email stating that a statement was being provided by him on her behalf. Mr. Anthony asked that I read the statement in its entirety, which I will do now. My client has given me permission to make the following statement on her behalf. There was no kidnapping on Thursday, July 9th, 13th, 2023. My client did not see a baby on the side of the road. My client did not leave the Hoover area when she was identified as a missing person. My client did not have any help in this incident, but this was a single act done by herself. My client was not with anyone or any hotel with anyone from the time she was missing. My client apologizes for her actions to this community. The volunteers who were searching for her, to the Hoover Police Department and other agencies as well, as to her friends and family. We ask for your prayers for Carly as she addresses her issues and attempts to move forward, understanding that she made a mistake in this matter. Carly again asks for your forgiveness and prayers. We have a meeting scheduled with Mr. Anthony to further discuss this case. We're currently in discussions with the Jefferson County District Attorney's Office in Bessemer about possible criminal charges related to this case, and we will announce those charges when and if they are filed. 
On July 28th, Carly was seen leaving her lawyer's office in Birmingham, and she has officially been charged with two misdemeanors, false reporting to law enforcement authorities and falsely reporting an incident. Carly was then booked into jail when she turned herself in and she did post bond. So we're still kind of waiting on the end of everything, as you could say, but um, the detective spoke out about that as well. So I'm going to play that here as well. Earlier today, Hoover Police Detectives obtained warrants for the arrest of Carly Russell through the Hoover Municipal Court for her actions related to faking her kidnapping and subsequently making false statements to detectives as they investigated this case. Her decisions that night created panic and alarm for the citizens of our city and even across the nation as a concern group that a kidnapper was on the loose using a small child as bait. Numerous law enforcement agencies, both local and federal, began working tirelessly not only to bring Carly home to her family, a located kidnapper that we know now never existed. Many private citizens volunteered their time and energy into looking for a potential kidnapping victim that we know now was never in any danger. This story opened wounds for families whose loved ones really were victims of kidnappings, some of which even helped organize searches in hopes they could find Carly's alive so her family would not experience the pain and suffering that they felt when their loved ones never returned home. As we know, actions can have consequences, and that's why we're here today. This afternoon, Carly Russell, with the assistance of her attorney, turned herself into the Hoover City Jail, where she was arrested for the following charges. False reporting to law enforcement authorities, Class A misdemeanor, $1,000 bond. Falsely report an incident, a Class A misdemeanor with a $1,000 bond. Each of these charges carry up to a year in jail, a potential fine of $6,000 upon conviction. Ms. Russell was released from jail after posting bond. We initially presented this case to District Attorney Lanise Washington, agreed to handle prosecution through district court. After consulting with the circuit court of Jefferson County Bessemer Division, the case was referred back to municipal court for charging because the only applicable charges were misdemeanors. Judging from the amount of phone calls and emails that we've received from people all over the country, I know many are shocked and appalled that Miss Russell is only being charged with two misdemeanors, despite all the panic and disruption her actions caused. Let me assure you, I too, share the same frustration, but existing laws only allow the charges that were filed to be filed. I can tell you that I will be contacting our state legislatures on behalf of law enforcement in Montgomery and asking them to look at this law applied to these facts and urge them to add an enhancement to current legislation when somebody falsely reports kidnapping or another violent crime. Because of the tension this case has garnered, We've requested Attorney General Steve Marshall's office adopt this case, and they've agreed to do so. The Hoover Police Department wants to thank everyone that assisted us from the beginning and continues to assist us in this case as we work its way through the criminal justice system. The entire time Carly had been missing, her boyfriend was looking for her and holding out hope that she would come back, believing her whole entire story as well. After she reappeared and he found that it was a hoax, he made a post on his Instagram stating, quote, Carly's actions created hurt, confusion, and dishonesty. I was made aware of the false narrative after coming to the defense of my ex, Carly Russell. Myself and my family's nature was to react in love and genuine concern. We are disgusted from the outcome of this entire situation. I strongly feel exactly like you all, blindsided with Carly's actions, end quote. There was a lot of stipulations floating out, uh, you know, out and about when she was kind of 
when she first returned that, or even before she returned, that her boyfriend had something to do with it. So either he kidnapped her and killed her or he helped her with this whole hoax thing. And that is absolutely not true. Carly had no help. This was something that she decided to just do on her own. And I can't speak for her, obviously. I'm not her as to why she did this. But I've seen a lot of comments on her Instagram, a lot of comments on social media stating that they think that she did it to attract the attention of her boyfriend. Because either he was about to break up with her or he had broken up with her. And she felt that if she did something like this, she was kidnapped. And while she was dealing with all of the um, trauma from the kidnapping and everything of that nature, that he would kind of run back to her and be there to support her. And so this would attract his attention. And I'm not sure, obviously, like I said, I'm not her. I don't know why she chose to do this, but a lot of, I mean, that seems to be the popular opinion. And I don't follow her on Instagram and I never have followed her. I didn't even know who she was prior to this as most people didn't. So maybe some of those comments came from people that actually know her, but obviously there is something there um, mentally with her that just requires attention. She wanted the attention. And you're definitely going to get a lot of attention if you are missing, obviously. But also if you fake a kidnapping, that's that's a lot more attention too. But that's negative attention. And some people thrive on that sort of thing. So I'm, I'm unsure why, of course, she did this. But I just find it, you know, it's disgusting as well. Because this happened in the past with several people. And it's depressing. It's, it's a slap in the face to all of those people that came to search for her that were concerned and that, that had family that had been missing or had been victims of violent crimes. And for you to fake a violent crime, I mean, that she just destroyed her reputation forever. Um, I don't know what she was thinking, obviously, because she wanted to be a nurse. And I would assume after this incident that that will not happen, but you never know. You know, you never know. Things, things happen, but I'm just concerned. I would be concerned somebody who has that type of mindset um, or craves attention becomes a healthcare professional because that's very negative attention. You know, um, I'm not saying obviously this would be her, but there's a lot of nurses in the past that have been that way and have injured their patients purposefully so that they could come in and save them and look like a hero and that kind of attention. So that kind of concerns me, but Anyway, I'm ranting, but this case just drives me nuts. It's anger-inducing highly. I followed it the entire time, and and to just be blindsided, like like her ex said, that's what you're hit with. You were genuinely concerned about her and everything of that nature, and then to find out that it was all just fake. I apologize for the length of this episode. It is short, but this is a new case, and there's not a whole lot to it right now. If you enjoyed, please consider liking, subscribing, um, letting a rating, a review on whatever platform you get your podcast, preferably Spotify. Still trying to get my numbers up on there, but all right, everyone, thank you for listening and until next time.